Testing, one, two, three. Good. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you so much for today. Lord, I thank you so much for your people here. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one guiding us. You are with us. You are the one who goes before us. I thank you, Lord, that because of that truth, we have confidence in you and you alone. Open our ears and our hearts to hear from you. Anoint my mouth to speak your words to your people. May this message be an encouragement. May it also be a challenge. Join us to hear, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <clears throat> Good morning, church family. How are we doing today? I'm glad to be with you all. I, um, I always enjoy my visits at New Community, uh, which is about every Sunday. Um, amen, yeah. Uh, but thankful to be here. For those who don't know me, my name is Timothy White. I attend here with my lovely wife, Christy, and our wonderful kids. Uh, and before I get started, I do wanna make a few acknowledgements. I certainly wanna thank Pastor Peter, the shepherd of this house who has given me this opportunity so I pray that I steward it well. I'm also grateful for my wife who supports me uh, in so many ways. Uh, I'm thankful for my family, for my mother and my sister who are also here. <clears throat> Last week, Pastor Peter uh, mentioned something very, very powerful and, and some of what we're going today is gonna deal with that. But he talked about how for some of us, this has been a difficult year. Uh, for others, it's been a great year. Uh, but we, we're talking with this idea of, of transitions. Situations you're going through, frustrating, challenging, even good. But at some point, at some level, we've all experienced some level of transition. Now, I'm not gonna speak as much about the transition itself as I'll talk about some of the feelings and the thoughts and the questions that might arise in that transition. On the one hand, when we're dealing with challenging transitions, there's a tendency, the temptation to become derailed, knocked off course, even lost. On the other side, with great transitions, maybe this has been a good year for you, maybe it's been uneventful, but there's a tendency, there's a temptation to become complacent, to go nowhere, to become satisfied where you are. So we're gonna look at that today. We're gonna to check out the life of Israel. So I'm gonna have us parked in the Old Testament today. But I do believe that this story is very relevant for us. So if you have your Bibles, or it should be up on the screen, Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses one through eight. Deuteronomy 34, one through eight. So we're gonna do a little bit of reading today. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, 
from Gilead to Dan. All of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea. The Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, this is the land that I promised on an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor, but to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Okay, so a brief history of what's happening. You all know the story. I know I've got a bunch of Bible scholars in here. But I'll give a brief review. God saves his people from Egyptian bondage. And this whole time, God is carrying them, transitioning them to a land that I'm going to show you, a land flowing with milk and honey. But there are dangers along the way. There are challenges along the way. And we're coming to a point right here where there's a new transition. You see, up until this point, they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. See, at some point during their journey, an older generation that was just complaining, they were constantly testing God. They just kept complaining and complaining. And God said, you know what? These people are not going to enter into my rest. So God allowed the children of Israel to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until that older generation died off. And now we're transitioning where it's about time to go into the land of promise. But we're running into another transition here. As we just read here, Moses dies. I don't know if you've gone through any kind of transition, whether it's a death, some disappointment, but something in that transition happens and you begin to question not only where is God, but sometimes I think we ask even deeper questions. Questions like, where do I go from here? Where, how, how do I move forward? Has anybody been at that place where you just feel lost? I mean, lost like, where, where, where do I go from here, that's the human experience. You see, what happened was God tells Moses, and this is a transition for him, God tells Moses, you're not going into the land. What happened, you can read numbers, you can, um, I would encourage you to read the book of Deuteronomy because it gives you this history where, where Moses is reminding the people as they're getting ready to go into the land, this is what God is doing. God goes before you, but he tells them, I'm not going with you. Here's why. There was a time, you've heard the story about the children of Israel were complaining about water in the desert. And God tells them, look, 
speak to the rock, okay? And water will flow. Well, Moses got in his feelings. He was pissed off and he beat the rock. But because of that incident, and, and here, mind you, water still flowed. But God said this, because you did not hallow me in front of the people, you didn't honor what I said, you're not going to the land. Sorry, Moses. God is God. So we come here where Moses has died. Moses led them for over 40 years and now he's gone. And here come the human emotions, the human questions. Where do we go from here? Questions like, now that he's gone, what does this mean for God's promises? Is God still taking us? Is God still with us? These are the questions the people are asking. And I'll get to the answer in a moment. But I need you to sit with that, the human experience. Where do I go from here? I'm confused. God, where are you? And then we've got Joshua. Moses has been his mentor for years. He's watched Moses. He's aided Moses. He's seen God work powerfully through Moses. And now he's got to come to grips with the fact that we're going into the land, but you're not coming with us. And on top of that, I'm supposed to leave? I don't think I'm ready for this. Am I cut out for this? Questions that come up. And maybe you're still asking some of those questions right now. What does it mean for me because that happened? Some loss, some disappointment. Either way, I feel stuck. Where is God? But there was one piece of this we have to talk about. that can easily be missed, even in the midst of the questions. The questions like, what does it mean for God's promises? Well, mind you, for years and years, God has been preparing his people. God has been telling them for years, I am with you. God has shown his power for years, I am with you. But still these questions persist. God has been preparing Israel and Joshua for this transition. But how many of you know that preparing for a transition and actually going through it are two different things? You know what I'm talking about. I've planned this. I've readied myself. I've taken in the information. Here's what I need to do. And then it happens. And that unleashes a whole different experience that you've got to contend with. And sometimes these questions can carry an even deeper assumption. It's not just where is God, but maybe it even carries the assumption that God isn't there, that God hasn't spoken, that I truly am abandoned. 
right? Let's look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And as I meditated on this, for me, this was as if God is answering that very same question, all of the questions. Now, of course, there's no text where we can point to where these questions are being asked, but I'm looking at the human experience. And you can actually even see that in God's answer. All right, we'll start reading at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I titled this sermon, Get Up and Move. Verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, this isn't new. We've read this before. Just as this statement here that God is making isn't new. If you read the book of Deuteronomy, there are these constant admonishments about not being afraid. God goes before you. God will be with you. God's not going to leave you. God's not going to forsake you. God is reiterating that again and again. But as I read through this again, I want you to hear it differently. I want you to hear God answering the questions of the human heart. Starting at verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Yes, this has happened. This is real. You've been prepared for this all this time. Moses laid his hands on you. Now it's time. This transition is happening. No more games, no gimmicks. It's time to move. The question of where do we go from here? How do we move forward? Here's what you're going to do. Get up, you and all these people. Cross over the Jordan River. Where are we going? To the land that I promised you. In other words, one thing you need to see is God is constant. 
Even though we, we, we shift and we move and we, we lose sight, God hasn't changed. What you read here, God has been saying time and time and time again. In other words, the course has been set. Move. I will give you every place you set your foot as I promised Moses. God ex explains the territory where it will extend. No one will be able to stand against you. That doesn't mean there won't be challenges in the new territory. Because there's questions. Look, we're going up in the land. There's giants. There's all kinds of people who are stronger, mightier than us. But God still says, look, I know what you're feeling, but no one will be able to stand against you because I'm with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. I'm thinking of the questions, Joshua, how do I do this? Moses knew how to deal with these situations. He knew how to and how to address these situations. Now it's up to me and God is responding, yeah. You will lead. Get up, Joshua. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. So God is constant and I want you to also to see the continuity. Nothing changes. Yes, leadership has changed. My purpose hasn't. Just like in your scenario, whatever that is, and I'm still dealing with difficult situations, God hasn't changed. God is still here. God is a solid rock. Now, we've seen solid rock, but it's in moments like this when it's time to move, it's time to get up, well, you need to believe it. God is reminding Israel and Joshua, you are not leaderless. You are not abandoned. God is in fact quarterbacking this thing. Sorry, I don't mean to get you thinking about football, but God is orchestrated. So even when we talk about God is with us, it even goes beyond just that he's with you, but God is orchestrating this thing. God is leading you. Not only is he going with, I'm leading you. This is a path that I've charted for you for years and years. Even if you, don't, even if you didn't realize it. But the question we come back to is, do you believe it? I went over how God is constant. God is always working, always moving. Yes, Moses is dead. But that doesn't stop what I'm doing. You're still moving forward. Moses, my servant. In other words, Moses played his part. He did his job. Even when Moses is dealing with the fact, look, you're not going into the land. He's got his own transition. To, and I mean, there's a part where he's begging God, please, 
please, please, let me go into the land. Let me cross over and even God says no. You might be in a situation like that. Difficult situation, but maybe a disappointing situation because God said no. You really wanted something. You desired something. God, I believe this is for me. And God said, no. Can you be like Moses? What does he do? He lays his hand on Joshua. I'm not leading y'all. It's your turn. In that disappointment to be able to say God is God. It's his will, not mine. Okay, so that's one type of transition, the disorientation. But there's another side where we can get into complacency. So we'll look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. I told you we're going to do some reading today. Please don't be upset. So earlier in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is reminding people, and if you look at Deuteronomy, it really is Moses' sermon where he's like, look, God has done all these things for you. Remember what God has done. So when you get into the land that God's going to take you into, verse 10, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So even in the blessings of God, there can be a temptation to grow complacent and to take your eyes off of God. In the hard times, there's a feeling of abandonment. Where is God? But even in the good times. So some of you who've had a very uneventful year, or maybe it's a great year. Maybe you got that promotion. Maybe you got that great opportunity. Maybe things are going well. Maybe you look at your family. You've got your your job, your house. Everybody's healthy. It's great. Nothing shocking, nothing that just throws you off. It's beautiful. But even in that moment, 
There's a temptation to take your eyes off of God and to rest in my success. Anybody there today? Raise your hands. I'm just playing. You don't have to raise your hands. So Moses here is reminding the people, for one, God is still with you. God is the one who's been guiding you. So that in every transition, whether good, plentiful, blessings, God is still with you. In other words, there comes a point in us where we've got to be anchored in this truth. So we can talk all day about God is with us. But as I said earlier, are you anchored in that truth? Do you believe that? God can say to Moses, excuse me, not Moses, but to Joshua, I'm with you, I'm with you. But it means nothing if Joshua and the people don't get up and move. In other words, part of your trusting in God is in fact moving. The course has been set. Get on it. Act on it. So, hey, as Pastor Peter mentioned last week, and I say to you all today, if you're going through a great time, praise God for that. Thank God for the blessings. But we're still moving. In other words, don't get anchored in the blessings. Be anchored in God. In, in both scenarios, are you anchored in God today? A couple of thoughts that I mentioned, God is still moving. The focus of all of these transitions is God. Now, as I meditated on this sermon, I have to acknowledge that it was very difficult for me because it became very personal and very real for me. So I'm going to share a little bit of my story. I may cry, I may not. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> this spoke to me so deeply um, <clears throat> because coming up in January 13th will mark two years since I lost my father. And he, um, he was very dear to me. Maybe some of you can relate. But it's been a very hard road. And just as I mentioned earlier, the temptation to ask certain questions and maybe those questions aren't voiced, but they're there. And so for me, those questions were, in fact, where do I go from here? Like Joshua with Moses, I was asking this question, how do I move forward as a son, as a father, as a husband without him? He meant so much. 
And I think for almost two years, those questions have still been there. And there's this sense of being, being lost, derailed, disoriented. Where am I? How do I do this without you? But I want to remind you that God never left. God still speaks. And God spoke very clearly to me, going back to Joshua chapter 1. And this was hard to hear. Standing in my kitchen, getting ready to go to work. Meditating on the sermon. And God kept bringing me back to this one passage. He got me stuck on verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. Jonathan, Jonathan White, senior. My servant is dead. Timothy. Get up. Get up and move, son. It doesn't mean that you don't hurt. But God was addressing some of the deeper questions in me that maybe I didn't verbalize but assumed that God wasn't there. the disorientation. God spoke clearly. Tim, you are not leaderless. You are not lost. I have set your course. Jonathan was my servant. His life is in my hands, and so is yours. Get up, son. He told me that day, while I still ache for my father, I've got you. You're not without guidance. You're not off track. I'm still moving you forward. 
you are not lost. So get up, Timothy, and move. You were prepared for this. Jonathan invested his life in you. I used him to groom you, to build you. Just like Joshua, you were built for this. I've been molding and shaping you. It's time for you to move. Move where I called you to be. You know who I called you to be. We're going into 2020. And for all of us, there will be some kind of transition. We thank God for the blessings, but for some of us, there are hard transitions. Some of you might be in the midst of them. Some of you know those transitions are coming. Maybe it's the reality of death that's at the door and you're asking the question, how do I move forward from here? Maybe my mother is asking those questions. After 37 years, how do I continue? What's my purpose? And I wanna to speak to my mother and speak to anybody else who's there that you are not purposeless. You are not lost. Yes, you're hurting, but the course has still been set. God is still moving us. So yes, if you need to cry, cry. If you need to hurt, you hurt, but you're not off course. What God dealt with me in that day was the disorientation that assumed that God wasn't there. We're gonna encounter difficult transitions in 2020, but we've gotta be anchored in the truth that God is with us. This is where it goes from head knowledge, where it grips you here, that I believe it. So my encouragement to you is to keep moving, keep looking up. Don't stop, don't quit. God still has a purpose for you, even if you received a terrible diagnosis, he's still moving you. Even if you know death is at the door, he's still moving you. You're not without purpose. Even at that last moment, God can use you to impact others. So we wanna go into 2020 continuing with what God has laid before us. And as our church has been dealing with this year, we continue making disciples. We continue surrendering to Jesus. Even in the midst of pain, we do it. Even in the midst of the good times, we still have a course. Don't get complacent. Don't stop there and worship that moment. We still have a destiny and a purpose. Get up, keep moving. Don't quit.
There is joy, even in the midst of pain. There's joy in the fact that God's kingdom is still advancing, even as we look at the cross and Jesus for the joy set before him endured the cross. This is a reminder to us that the course has been set. We know where we're going. We just need to walk through it. And it's in our walking, it's in our journeying that God is with us. It's in our walking that we sense the power of God, but we gotta walk. You gotta face the giants. This gives us courage going into 2020 knowing that no matter what I face, no matter what's coming this year, I don't know what's coming. Man, you got me, God. You have us. And that's not just individually, it's also corporately too, because even as a church, we've gone through changes and, and transitions and still those questions can come up. Where do we go from here? What does this mean that this person is no longer here? This transition happened. How do we move forward? I want you to hear the voice of God answering those questions today. We're still moving. The course has been set. Let's walk. Please pray with me. Lord, I thank you so much for your word, as hard as it was to say. I pray that you bless your people today. Lord, as we move forward in the destiny that you charted out for us, that we realize that on the other side of the cross, there is resurrection. We realize as we journey through this life, Lord, that you are still coming. Just as the angel said to the men of Galilee, to the disciples as they were looking up to Jesus as he was ascending into heaven. Why do you stand here gazing? The same Jesus who was taken up before you today He's coming back. Lord, your kingdom is still advancing. You are still moving. So we say this with confidence, even in the midst of tears, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of joy. You are with us. You are guiding us. So Lord, help us to get up. To get up and move because you charted our course. We are not lost. We are not without hope. You are with us. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Like we do in our church, this is Communion Sunday. So take a few moments just to prepare your heart as we reflect on what Christ has done. Jesus knew the path, the path that was charted and he walked it. He went through it for us. So this is a celebratory time as we reflect on what he did for us. 
that on the night when he was betrayed, that he took the bread. He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. And likewise, he took the cup. This is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. Because of God's grace, we can come to the table. Because of his mercy, he found us. When we were disoriented, we were derailed, we were lost. He didn't leave us there. He came to us. Our servers are coming forward. When you are ready, Is better.